0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Acts chapter 12, we're studying the subject of prayer. Last week we began to look at some things that have to do with corporate prayer. Acts chapter 12, unique story taking place. Here in the documentation of the good things God had done after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the church beginning its existence on the planet in the power and the anointing of God. Verse 1 says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put it into prison and delivered him to four quatrons of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So this was during Passover festival or Passover uh, when they were celebrating the Passover, a Jewish holiday. Amen? So I don't, I don't know. Uh, it may have been the intentions of Herod to please the Sanhedrin and maybe crucify Peter just like he did Jesus just like they did Jesus, amen? I don't know if that was his intention or not, but his intention was not good because he had murdered James, killed James with a sword. But now notice verse five. It says, therefore Peter was kept in prison, but, everybody say but. But "But prayer was made without ceasing of the church Unto God for him. So automatically when this began to happen, this this dimension of persecution began to come against the church, the church immediately responded with prayer with a prayer meeting. Amen Now listen, it is important that we understand that when we face the crisis of life, that is the time in which we as a church really need to press into prayer. The old Pentecostals used to have a term called praying through. Well, we don't really adhere to that today. we know that we're already through. Amen. Jesus has made a way from the spirit realm into the natural realm so that men and women do not have the same problem that they used to have when it comes to praying or talking to God. But we must understand even today, everybody say even today, even today there is still opposition to your prayer. Opposition on both ends. Opposition number one. Of the enemy trying to get you not to pray. Number two, of the enemy trying to stop the answer from coming to you. That's why it takes perseverance in prayer many times. Amen. Staying with it, sticking with it, praying. I like to say it like this. I learned this years ago in studying under some of the ministries that I studied under. Praying through till you get a note of victory. You say, well, how do you know when you get a note of victory? You'll know if you've ever prayed and prayed something through in your spirit, You know when that note of it, all of a sudden you just feel like there's an answer there. All of a sudden you just sense, well, that's it. God has heard my prayer. God has released the answer. I've prayed it through. And from then on, all you need to do is just worship and thank him. Just worship and thank him. Amen. Now notice what it says here. It says in verse uh, 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, I like this next phrase, Peter was sleeping. Did you get that? If you listen, if you've ever had trouble sleeping, here is a great testimony of a man who, in all probability, was fixing to get executed. He is asleep with a soldier connected to each one of his limbs. Four quadrants of soldiers being sixteen soldiers. They traded uh, their position every four hours. Every four hours, they would go take the handcuffs off of Peter's arms and legs and take them off of one group of soldiers, put them on another group. So he was handcuffed to four people. Boy, that's a dangerous man. I said, that's a dangerous man. Handcuffed to four people, but they had to wake him up every time they changed the handcuffs because he was sleeping. People who are at peace can sleep. And this shows us you can be at peace even in prison even when you're connected to four different soldiers and they just killed one of your best buddies and it looked like you might die in the morning, you don't have to sweat it because you know God's in control and you can just go ahead and get your sleep. But now notice what happens here. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. They put this guy up. I mean, they were guarding him. This is a dangerous man here. And behold, look at this, and behold, the angel of the Lord came up on him and a light shined in the prison. Now, listen to me. Corporate prayer was being made for Peter. Corporate prayer was being made for Peter. Corporate prayer initiated, activated the angelic realm. Come on, church. I, we ought to get a better amen than that. I've been reading Pastor Mark Buzzi's book on angels. It's kind of been, you know, that's where it was in my stack of books that I read. And I'm just about to finish it up. And he gives a lot of illustrations and a lot of teaching on it. Listen, we take for granted. We take for granted the angelic realm. But you've got to understand every person in here has at least one angel. The church itself has ministering spirits. The Bible says they are a wind to help the ministers be flames of fire. Are you with me? We don't understand, church, that there are more that are for us than there are those that are against us. A third of them fell, but two-thirds didn't fall. And God has special angels that are assigned to you as an individual. He has special angels that are assigned to us as a church. And when we get to praying and when we get to believe in God and we begin to shout the victory, we begin to praise and worship and magnify God. I want you to know angels get busy going out doing. Notice our confession in the scriptures, how we we, we confess that angels respond to the word of God. I know there's been a lot of teachings on you directing angels doing this and do that. No, angels respond to the word. So obviously these people were praying. It was the will of God that Peter be released. And who shows up right in the middle of the prison? An angel. Oh, glory. Somebody ought to get excited. i tell you, there's angels looking out for you. Angels. You know, I was, I was reminded as we were praying at the end of the, end of the service uh, this morning how when we pray that prayer in Psalms 91, how angels are, re- how, how that angels are just standing at attention. Listen to that prayer. And then all of a sudden, as you leave, they leave with you on assignment to protect you, to keep you, to hold you, to make sure that no accident, no evil befalls you, neither any plague come nigh your dwelling place. There's all kind of demons out there. They're waiting outside the church, and then here you come walking out with this big old angel behind you, and all those demons just have to shrink back because God gives his angels charge over you. Ooh, glory to God. I better watch out. I get off on angels. Amen. It said, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And the change fell off of his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Now, Peter was given to visions and dreams and different things like this, but this angel, he has to come, and he has to kick Peter in the side. It said It smote him in the side. Wake up. Wake up. Amen. And he looks up, and there's this angel, and so the angel tells him, Get up. Put on your sandals. Put on your cloak. Let's go. I'm going to get you out of here. Angels delivering the servants of God. Oh, glory to God. He went out and followed him, thought it was a vision. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate, that which leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. That word in the Greek or that, that, that own accord phrase is the same word in the Greek. It's the same word we get an English word called automatically. This is the, listen, this is the first automatic door ever came up, you know, here you are reaching to open the door at a bank or a store somewhere and it just opens of its own accord? Did you know that takes a little power? I said, did you know that takes a little? I said, here's this big iron gate that separates the city from the jail and Peter comes walking up to it and what happens? That thing just opens of its own accord. That's pretty cool. I said, that's pretty cool. Amen. It opens of its own accord and they went out and passed on through the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Everybody say praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, A damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Now listen to this. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. (laughs) You're crazy. Now obviously, according to the principles of faith which we study, they were not in great expectation of deliverance. I mean, when you come in, you know, say, we were, pray- say we're praying here for, 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 for $5 million to build our building, you know, and we're here praying, and we've been praying for three days and fasting and praying, and then there's a knock at the door, and somebody goes to the door and comes back around and says, you know, somebody's standing at the door with a $5 million check for you, Pastor Rusty, and I say, you're out of your mind. Now, wait a minute. There must be a dimension to their prayer that got the attention of God that released the angelic realm that delivered Peter that caused them to pray beyond their natural level of faith to pray in a realm or in a level of faith that God imparted to them. You said, well, how could they have been praying? They must have been praying in the Spirit. You say, what do you mean? Praying in other tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. We saw several weeks ago when we were studying praying in the Spirit, how when you pray in the Spirit, you always pray the will of God. If you're praying the will of God, you pray the Word of God. The will of God and the Word of God are synonymous. So God was just using them as instruments to intercede and pray over the situation so God could deliver his man out of the prison. God had given Peter a prophecy over there on the lake after Jesus had risen from the dead that says when you're young, you gird yourself and go where you want to. But when you're old, you'll not gird yourself and others will take you where you do not want to go. That prophecy was not yet fulfilled in Peter's life. That's why Peter could lay himself down and sleep. You say, why? I got the word of God. I got the word of God. God gave me a word. I'm not going to die. Herod's not going to kill me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to lay myself down, and I'm going to sleep. The church begin to pray, and angels begin to be activated. So here they come, knocking on the door. Where was I? They said unto her, unto Rhoda, thou art mad. But she consistently affirmed That it was even so, then they said, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished. That shows us the ability of corporate prayer to pray beyond the level of our expectation. I mean, when you're in a prayer meeting and, you're, and your pastor, you're, you're, you're the chief apostle of the move of God, is locked in prison, and so what are you praying? Lord, get him out of prison. Don't let him kill it. Don't let him be killed like James was killed. Lord, we pray over Peter. Then I could just see they just went right into the Holy Ghost, begin to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, your mind is not fruitful. There's no understanding in your mind. There's no, ah, how can you say this? There's no increase of the ability of your mind to comprehend that which is going on in the Spirit realm. But something is going on in the Spirit realm because you are praying in other tongues. So they come to the door, so they're responding to what they see and what they hear. Here's Peter knocking on the door saying, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. in." So Rhoda, instead of opening the door, runs back into the prayer meeting. It's Peter at the door. So whoever's leading the prayer meeting says, you're crazy. Which somebody should have stood up and said, wait a minute, what have we been praying for? Amen. Amen. But that shows us the ability of the Spirit of God to help us pray over those things in which we do not know how to pray or what to pray. Now, are you with me? Go to the book of uh, 1 of Thessalonians real quick. Hallelujah, i got about 10 minutes. We'll wind this up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's just start in verse 14. Now, we exhort you, brethren, Warn them that are unruly. So if you're unruly, be warned. Comfort the feeble-minded. Well, glory to God. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow after that which is good both among yourselves and all men. unto all men. Rejoice on Sundays. Oh, that's not what I said. I'm sorry. Hold on. Rejoice on Sundays and Tuesdays. Rejoice evermore. That means there always ought to be a shout in your mouth. There always ought to be a dance in your feet. There always ought to be the ability to lift your hands up to heaven and worship God and rejoice. You ought to study the word rejoice. It actually means to jump up in the air while you're in the air, turn 360 degrees around, land on your feet, and shout with a shrill scream. Did you know that's what that word means? We've reduced it to this. Think a good thought. Just think a good thought. No, 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 no. The Bible says rejoice evermore. Verse 17, this is where I want to get to. Pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean, well, pastor, that's it. I've quit my job, sold my house, sold my car reduced all my belongings down to one set of clothes, a toothbrush, and I'm going to come to church and I'm just going to kneel down and I'm going to pray for the rest of my life. Well, it won't be long. We have to carry you away. This actually speaks of an attitude. Which means never come, actually one translation actually said, never come to an amen in your prayer. Never come to a place in which you stop. Always kind of like keep it in a, this will be continued, Lord. I'll talk to you a little later. I've been praying here for 30 minutes. Now I've got to go do some stuff. Be back in a few hours. Talk to you tomorrow. See you in a few minutes. Always keep an attitude of prayer. You can always be in that. I mean, when you're by yourself, driving your car, going down the highway, going to work, heading off, going fishing, doing this, doing that, whatever you do, you can always maintain and keep an attitude of communication with God. I talk to him all the time. He talks to me all the time. Mm -mm. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. Do you see that? Not for everything. Thank you, Lord, for my broken leg. Thank you, Lord, my dog died. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, I lost my wallet with $500. No, that's not what it's saying. It says, thank Him in all, in the midst of bad situations, circumstances. Notice what it says in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When the devil attacks, thank you, Father, I've got the answer. Sickness and disease tries to come up on you, thank you, Father, you took my sickness and disease so that I have to bear it. When poverty and lack tries to get on you, thank you, Father, you supply all of my need according. God gives you a foundation to always stay in an attitude of praise and worship toward God. Continually thanking, continually worshiping, continually praising. In everything you're going through, you want to go through it quicker? Thank God. Just thank Him. Thank Him for the answer. I mean, once you start thanking God, I mean, there ain't, there, 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 there's hardly any place to go. You can thank Him that you're allowed to exist upon the planet. By the will of God, you're here. God could have had you born at any other time. You could have been born in any other dispensation or generation, but God has you here right now. You can thank God that you have health in your body. Thank you, Father, that my eyes open and function, my ears function, that I can walk upon my feet. Thank you, Father, my digestive system works, my heart works. Thank you that my brain functions, amen. You can thank you for everything you have. You say, well, I don't have much. Thank you for what you have. Thank you for what you have, and you'll see it increase. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that I'm saved, Father, that I'm a new creature in Christ, that old things are passed away, that all things are new for me. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your pastors. Thank you for your family. Thank you for your job. Thank you for all he's blessed you with. Thank you for all he's going to bless you with. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Word. Come on, church. Once you start thanking him, there isn't any place to quit. Why? This is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Which means what? Do not do anything in your life that quenches the ability of the Holy Ghost to work in your life. Mm -mm -mm. Don't play with sin. You know, I was studying. How many have ever done extensive studies of the book of Leviticus? Not many. Many. I was studying the other day. Now, I've probably read the Bible through. I don't know how many times in the the past 30 years. I would say at least 20 times I've read through the Bible. Now, I've studied the Bible continually, but I made a decision this time in going through the book of of Leviticus to really pay close attention. And this time I saw something I never saw before that enlightened me. You say, well, Pastor, you know, you're always talking about, you know, don't do drugs, don't smoke, don't do this, don't do that. God was giving instruction to the Levitical priesthood about how they should behave, what they should do and what they should not do. Within the confines of that, there were a lot of do's and don'ts. Do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. At the end, God qualified everything he said to them by saying this. If you do not adhere to what I'm telling you, then people will not know the difference between holy and unholy, clean and unclean. You say, what do you mean? Don't sin. Don't live in sin. God's people are the ones that says, well, I'm not going to get into some legalism. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking abstaining from that, which causes you to miss the mark, which causes you to pull away from God, which causes you to stay cool in the things of God. Stay away from that. Stay away from sin. Sin has been purged out of you on the inside. Keep it away from you on the outside. Can I get a better amen? All it's going to do is pull you away from God because people are observing and watching us to see what? What is holy? What is unholy? What is clean? What is unclean? If God's people do not act holy, how will people know what holiness is? If God's people do not act clean, how will people know what unclean is? I mean, you go gather a group of people out of the world, and you're going to have all kinds of different people, and all kinds of lifestyles, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of mindsets. There are people that will think the very things that you think are very wrong, that that's acceptable because it's, quote, legal. And there's more things being made legal now that are sin than ever have been before because our government, for some reason, has thought to uh, pick up the uh, uh, mandate to legislate morality things that used to be evil, things that used to be wicked, things that were not even talked about are now commonly talked about and practiced. How is the world going to know what is holy and what is not unholy if we quench the spirit, which is called the what spirit? Say it again. Called the what spirit? The holy or the sanctified or the set apart spirit. We'll leave that for another service. I can tell right there. Despise not prophesying. Prophesying is given to the church for what? The edification, exhortation, cover. Wasn't that a beautiful word this morning in that main service? I can't wait to get a copy of that. That was powerful. How God has not forsaken you. How God has not rejected you. What a great word from God. Amen? Amen? Gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. Prove all things. That's talking about the word. Prove it out. You say, what do you mean? prove it out. Stay with healing till healing manifests. Stay with prosperity till prosperity manifests. Prove out these things are true. I want you to know in my life I've proved salvation works. I've proved healing works. I've proved prosperity works. I've proved following the will of God works. I have proved it out. Then it says what? Hold fast. That means get a good grip. Get a good tight grip on hold fast to that which is good. Why? Because the enemy is going to continually try to take away from you that which is good. Hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to your, to your tradition of serving God. You say, what do you mean my tradition? That pattern you've set up in your life of coming to church, coming to church on Sunday, coming to church on Sunday night, coming to prayer, coming to church on t- That is a great pattern, folks. That is a pattern of righteousness. That is a pattern of blessing. I'll say this unashamedly. If you will give one year of your life toward sanctifying yourself from the world, which means setting yourself apart from the and coming to every service at Island Church, by the time one year goes by, your life will have radically changed. You cannot stay in the presence of God. You cannot hear the Word of God. You cannot live in the things of God without it affecting your life dramatically. And I guarantee you'll do it a year because you have to. You'll do it for 20 years because you get to. Mm -mm. prove all things, hold fast to that which is good abstain from all appearance of evil not just abstain from evil but the appearance of it oh be careful little ears what you hear oh be careful little eyes what you see for the father up above is looking down in love remember that little song we used to sing in Sunday school boy there's a lot of truth to that there is an off switch on your TV There is an off switch on your computer. You don't have to go by that rack of magazines at the, ooh, how we get off on that? Abstain from the very appearance. He said that'll keep you away from evil itself. Keep you out of sin. Abstain from the appearance of it. And then, then listen, here's your promise. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That means God is going to do what? He's going to set you apart because of your desire to be involved in the things of God, to pray without ceasing, to involve yourself in corporate prayer, to believe God, to stand in faith as a group of people. Because listen, church, we've never done anything because I'm a good businessman. Amen. I was praying, oh, it's been about a year ago, kind of complaining instead of praying. You ever done that? Don't look at me so holy. And the Lord spoke this to me, and he said, there's a lot of pastors. Then he said it to me like this. He said, there's a lot of pastors that you know that have built big churches because they're good businessmen. Then the Lord said this to me, you're not one. I was like, oh, boy. He spoke to me and said, you're going to have to do it totally by faith. Well, that's okay with me because I don't really know that much about business, but I do know a little bit about faith. So I'm going to abstain from the very appearance of evil. I'm going to hold fast to that which is good. I'm going to despise not prophesying. I'm going to pray without ceasing. And I'm going to give thanks everything that we go through right in the midst of it. I'm going to be worshiping and praising and glorifying God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout and stand on your feet tonight. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www